Hello, everybody, and welcome back. It's another episode of Doable Discipleship. It's not another episode. This is a special oh, one. Yeah, I was going to build to that. No, we got to be so okay. excited at the beginning. Guys and, and girls, this is our 52nd episode of Doable Discipleship, Woo! friends. Yes. We survived our first year, a year. of podcasting. Every single week for a full year. I, for That's one, amazing. feel like we did something this here. Is, this is a, a, a moment to be remembered. Wear yeah. our birthday hats. I think so. Yeah. Like, uh, we should have had confetti come I wish down. I knew CGI. I would, I would put all that in in post. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be lucky if I can get like a birthday whistle in. Yeah. <laughs> so I look out for you. that. You've probably already heard it by now. Anywho, uh, we're continuing. Uh, we're going to soldier on right into year two. And we're going to be talking today about the mission of Jesus. Now, before we get in too much further, well, I should actually introduce who I'm with. I'm I, with Jason, as always. Hold on, I have an idea. <laughs> okay. I have an idea. Sorry, th- this is a special idea. Okay. This is a really smooth intro so far. I know. Guys, if you're watching <laughs> or if you're listening, we want to know what has been your favorite episode oh, of Doable Discipleship this past year. So comment below if you're on YouTube, if you're, if you're listening in the car, don't email us yet, but when you get to the office or get home, email us at maturity at saddleback.com, and we want to know, what was your favorite episode so this nice. year? That, that is really a good idea. Maybe you need to I'm finish this to one, though, first. Every now and then. Because it could That's be. True. It could be episode it could 52. could be this one. If it's episode 52, so be it. Yeah. All right. I'm Jason Whelan. <laughs> Jason I'm Brandon Whelan. Bathauer. <laughs> Brandon Bathauer, you've been with us for the last couple weeks now. I think everyone sure. knows you, and if they don't, it's because they have not watched or listened to the last couple mm-hmm. of episodes that we've done. And because this is the culmination of a three-part series, you should uh, stop right now, go back, and listen to episode 50, 51, and now go on to 52 with us today. Uh, where we've been talking about uh, who Jesus is, slash was, was in sense of how did he act when he was here on earth, and is in terms of how is he acting. Now, we talked about the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God last week, uh, which I thought was a very enjoyable conversation because I find the whole topic of the kingdom of God super intriguing. Today, we're talking about what Jesus did, how he lived, and how we emulate that. Right? Nailed it. That is exactly (laughs) right. Um, So last week, we started with a little self-check, a little self-reflection exercise. So we're going to do that again because it went over so well last week. As far as we know. As far as we know. We're assuming it did. Um... So, so today, ask yourself this question. Why did Jesus do what he did? Miracles, the healings, the feeding, welcoming. Um, did he either, A, he felt compassion. Uh, B, he wanted to show God's glory. C, he was teaching about the kingdom of God. Or is this a trick question and it's D, all of the above? Uh, it's D, all of the above. <laughs> and if you said awesome. it's none of the above, I can't. Say how wrong you were. Yeah, <laughs> you need so, to really start. You got to really over listen again. over. Just start again. all. Go back to episode one of Doable Discipleship. I would <laughs> right. say. Um, yeah. So again, we've been uh, focusing on this passage uh, as kind of the the thesis statement of what Jesus was about. A really concise, clear statement. Uh, we asked two weeks ago, why was Jesus sent? And it's all wrapped up in this. In Luke four forty three, some people had come up to him after he'd done some healing, and they said, just hang out in our town. And he said, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns as well, because that is why I was sent. Pretty clear. Pretty clear. So we, we talked uh, uh, the first week about what the, that good news was. We talked last week about kingdom of God. 
And now we're going to talk about how God didn't just teach about it, but he actually lived it out, right? That mm. famous quote, right? Preach the gospel, and when necessary, use words. Very, very commonly used. Some people say St. Francis, but we don't know. <laughs> we don't know. Some dude came up with that, or a woman, and it was awesome. Anyway, uh, the point here in all this, why it's beneficial, I think, is if we can get a grasp of... of how we can live out the kingdom of God. And we have a mission for our lives beyond just waiting around until we die so we can go to heaven, right? Yeah. Uh, we actually have a mission. So how does God show us the kingdom of God? How does Jesus show us the kingdom of God when he was here? So again, just a refresher from last week, what is the kingdom of God we're talking about? It's not just the place we go after we die, although that's a good picture of it, right? The kingdom of God is wherever God's reign is fully present, uh, wherever God is king, that's the kingdom of God. Hmm. And what does God's reign really fully look like? Actually, most of Jesus' life was an answer to that question. Uh, he actually came not just to die on the cross for us, although, again, that was a huge picture of yeah. what it was. And then resurrection was, again, a whole picture yeah. of the kingdom of God. Maybe we'll talk about that some episodes later on. But uh, Jesus' life was a picture of the kingdom of God, what it looks like when God is in charge. So rather than uh, just talking about it again, let's look at a few passages and actually see how Jesus shows it. So we're going to look at three major passages, uh, one where Jesus does some healing, mm-hmm. one where he does some providing, and one where he does some serving. Yep. We'll get a picture of what is the kingdom of God. All right, let's lead off with a passage about healing from Luke chapter 5. It says, One day Jesus was teaching, and the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this, oh, excuse me, when they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd, right in front of Jesus. May I pause here real quick? Yeah. So again, uh, if we're thinking about the the kingdom of God, uh, think back to uh, the Beatitudes, the way that Jesus talked about it, right? The kingdom of God is really for the marginalized, the broken, the Mm. hungry, the needy. So right here at this beginning of the story, Luke is trying to make really clear hey, this guy is paralyzed, and they can't even get into the house where Jesus is, right? So uh, if there's a place for kingdom of God uh, to be revealed, it's going to be to this guy on this map. Yeah. I also have to acknowledge that Jesus is obviously a pro when it comes to teaching, because trying to teach when there's a crying baby or a loud cough in the room is hard enough, but someone digging a hole in the ceiling right above you, (laughs) (laughs) brushing plaster and stuff off of your, out of your hair as you teach, props to you, Jesus. Well done. Uh, When Jesus saw their faith, he said, friends, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? I often wonder what the reaction of the men, uh, you know, the the guy who had actually been lowered down and the guys who had helped him, like when Jesus said, your sins are forgiven, they're like, oh, I'm sure you can see that that's not the reason we were doing this. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Actually, this guy actually can't walk. (laughs) Uh, anyway, Jesus knew what they were thinking and said, he's talking about the, the Pharisees now, Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, <clears throat> why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven or to say, 
get up and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said uh, to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. Immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on, and went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. <clears throat> to say the least, <laughs> like that's such an <laughs> we have understated, seen amazing thing. Oh, wow. <laughs> the Lord that, has done great things. I'd be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> the man yeah, is pretty, skipping. <clears throat> Did you <Yeah>. see him? <laughs> One thing we, we notice here that we see everywhere throughout Jesus's ministry, that Jesus likes to teach through action. He loves mm-hmm. to illustrate his points and not just say, just not come out and say things explicitly. He likes to show them through really powerful pictures. Parables are examples of that, but also um, not just the way Jesus approached it in his communication, but in the way he actually did these things. Mm-hmm. Like, so his very action is a depiction of the principle that he's getting at. And what's valuable about that realization is that as you actually read through these Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and you look at Jesus' actions, going back to that little self-check that we did at the start, when you read it through as just like, again, this is Jesus being nice, or we don't know really why he was doing this, uh, when you actually look at it through the lenses of, oh no, he's showing us the kingdom of God, really the center of his message here. He's showing us what it looks like when God is in control. Mm-hmm. Then every action, everything that uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John decided to actually write down carries such weight and beauty that you say, okay, every bit of this is a learning. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I can heal somebody and, and tell them to get up and walk, but that's a picture of what God wants. So how can I be a part of that somehow? And yeah. um, I think what I'm, what I'm taking from this, something beautiful about this story is that um, Jesus does something really interesting here because he ties forgiveness of sin to uh, physical restoration. And uh, I think often what we do with Jesus, as I've talked about before, is that we make Jesus just a spiritual character, to just care for our spiritual lives, right? So we have this like little bucket of spirituality, and so we, we go to church and we say this prayer and we say, okay, our spiritual lives are covered, and that's kind of the end of like Jesus' reign in our lives. Mm. But what Jesus is saying and doing here, what he's showing us is that, no, 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 like the work of the kingdom is restoration of all things, including all of us. For this guy, Jesus wasn't just uh, forgiving uh, the spiritual brokenness in him. I shouldn't say just, that's an amazing thing, right? Uh, no one else can do that. Yeah. Um, but he's also healing and restoring this guy's physical body. And then if you think about all the other pieces, uh, his... Uh, his relationships um, as a society, as a paralyzed man, he would be completely on the, on the margins. He wouldn't he wouldn't be able to survive. He didn't ha- didn't have really a way to work. And yeah. so now, God has uh, restored his his economic status, his relational status, his societal status. Um, again, in such a three dimensional way, God Jesus here is Savior. He's saving him in all of these aspects. Yeah. And that's, again, the thing that gets me fired up about Jesus, is not to leave him in one box, but to see his work expand in all of these different compartments of our lives. Yeah, yeah I think this story, uh, Jesus kind of, <clears throat> he also affirms the connection between sin and all other problems yes, as yeah. well. So Jesus, is, Jesus looks at this guy who's unable to walk, 
And he looks past that problem to the root problem, which, as we've said in previous episodes, that the core problem is sin and broken relationship with God. So he actually approaches that problem first and then works back to the more immediate problem or the one that seems more obvious to everyone else. So it really acknowledges that sin is the root issue that is the source of everything else. Jesus is interesting in fixi- interested in fixing all of it, mm-hmm. but he kind of affirms the, the, the set of priorities here. Mm-hmm. Like one takes precedent. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and uh, again, you even see from the, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, they think the spiritual part is the easy part. And yeah. the hard part is the physical part. And Jesus is like, no, 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 no. It's the yeah. other way around. Um, but it includes all of it. Yeah. Um, and I, my fear is that sometimes when we leave our spiritual realm, like just in that little compartment, we say, okay, well, that's forgiven, but it doesn't impact anything else. I don't think we even understand or fully comprehend the impact that our spiritual health has on everything. Oh, yeah. Societally and relationally totally. and psychologically. So, yeah, definitely. Uh, the other piece that we see here is that the kingdom of God is going to frustrate. And we talked about this before the close handed, the prideful, the self focused. And Jesus is okay with some peeved off people, right? He's okay with having some people not happy with him. Um, yeah. He's revolutionary in that sense. So I love this moment that this guy comes down and he says, your sins are forgiven. And, uh, you know, everyone's like, what? Like, you can't do that. Yeah. And then Jesus kind of like throws down the gauntlet and says, what do you think is harder? That or like making this guy walk? Pause. <laughs> walk boom and yeah. then obviously the teachers of the law are not going to be really happy right here they just got yeah. they just got moated you could say <laughs> yes you I could just brought that word back yes you could moated i was hoping that didn't make it in here <laughs> and jesus actually drew them out too like jesus if he wanted to in this scenario he could have done what he wanted to do with the guy mm-hmm. and ignored them because it says that they were talking among themselves but jesus knew their hearts and then inquired of them so it's almost like he could have left them just like stewing in their own gunk but jesus is like no i'm gonna draw you out i'm gonna push you to a decision point i'm gonna push you to make a statement here and not just stay in your sort of uh your your quiet gripe or your lukewarm place and that's that's an act of the kingdom as well so uh it sometimes can feel like man why does jesus like why is he so mad or mean to these people it's not it's still an act of love the thing that's keeping the broken man uh, from living out what God fully wants for him is his brokenness. Yeah. The thing that's keeping these Pharisees and the teachers of the law from living the way God is their pride. Yeah. And so many times Jesus has to disorient them and challenge them mm-hmm. out of love to yeah. say, man, you got to be hungry if you want to be part of the kingdom. Yeah. Um, so, hey, maybe the food you're eating is not so good. You know? Yeah. Speaking of food you're eating, we're going to nice. providing. Thank you. Thank Sweet. you. Ish. I'm here all week. Um, <laughs> food you're eating. <laughs> oh, I love it. The next uh, big point we want to talk about is Jesus, is the example of Jesus and his provision, his act of providing. So we are going to read from Luke 9, 12 through 17. Um, if you're watching, you can follow along on the screen. It says, late in the afternoon, the 12 came to him and said, send the crowd away so they can go to the surrounding villages and countryside and find food and lodging because we are in a remote place here. Jesus replied, you give them something to eat. (laughs) I love that. The way you read that is everything. Yeah. (laughs) You do it. You give them something (laughs) to eat. 
And they answered, uh, we have only five loaves of bread and two fish, unless we go and buy food for all this crowd um, at the local Costco, because uh, there are about 5,000 men there, right? Yep. Um, but Jesus said to his disciples, have them sit down in groups of about 50 each. The disciples did so, and everyone sat down. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and, and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke them. Then he gave them to the disciples to distribute to the people. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 baskets full yeah, of broken pieces that were left over. Uh, that's a clear act of provision. As Jesus is saying, you, you may not think you have enough, but here I will provide in, in what is lacking, right? Um, so just a note on this is we see that the poor and the needy crowd is fed, right? And Jesus often speaks to himself, of himself as the bread of life. And last week, as we talked about how Jesus uplifts the hungry, right? Yeah. Um, so it just kind of leads into this question of, are you hungry? What are you hungry for? What are your needs that need to be met? Yeah, right? that's good. Yeah, and also in the kingdom of God, we see that what you have is multiplied for the benefit of others. And even with leftovers, I mean that I, that is, I think is the interesting part of the story is there, there's no there's no real reason for the leftovers to Twelve occur. Twelve baskets. Full. It was it, and it was a like what we might call a super abundance. Like it was a it is like so far beyond what the like situation actually called yeah. for. Yeah, overflow with actually. Well, I fine. mean, we must true. get the if. Let's keep, it, <laughs> Let's keep, keep, keep it official. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I I just think this is such a. Um, it's just such a cool picture of God saying, like, no, the power is not just enough. What I will do for you is not just enough. I will not give you only the minimum. I will give you above and beyond what you need. But it's this multiplication idea that I think mm -hmm. we're camping on here, the idea that God will take what little you have, and he'll use it for something that is exponentially greater than you could have on your own. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you, you really have two crowds that are benefited by it by Jesus' provision here. The first uh, are the crowds who are hungry. Mm -hmm. uh, but then the second one is the disciples who feel totally. like, I don't have, I can't do this, right? Yeah. And as we think of ourselves as proclaimers of the kingdom, as Paul says, uh, ministers of reconciliation, right? People yeah. that stand up and say, God is restoring all things and we can be a part of that. Yeah, uh, Man, I sometimes feel like, man, I got Five loaves and two fishes. Unless you want me to go shopping, dot, dot, dot. We know we don't have the budget for that. <laughs> yeah. you know. And Jesus is saying, hey, take a step here and yeah. see what I do with your effort. Yeah. You know. And not only will your effort feed these crowds, but like you said, like, man, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be over, just overwhelming, the, the yeah. amount of abundance that I'm going to bring out of yeah. your tiny little step. Again, it goes back to the parable of the mustard seed, right? Or like the yeast and the mm -hmm. bread. You put in a little bit, yeah. and it quickly expands to the whole thing. And that's yeah. what's so great when Jesus says, you know, like, you give them something to eat. Jesus knows how much food they got, and he knows how many people there are. So, you know, mm -hmm. of course, the disciples are like, well, we got this and this. And she's like, I know. Yeah. But, yeah. but watch. <laughs> He's got a couple of fishermen on his, on his team, and you think, two fish, that's all you can get? Man, come on, guys. <laughs> no, right. This is a remote place. It's not like this overfished area. Okay. Tell you what, it's a good day to be a seagull, though. <laughs> come in after that. <laughs> Let me at them baskets. <laughs> all right. So, uh, so we got two so far. We've looked at how Jesus shows the kingdom through his healing. Uh, then we see how Jesus shows the kingdom through his providing. Uh, this last one, and these aren't the extent of him showing the kingdom. We just 
don't have time for a million episodes of this. So right. here's another one, is Jesus showing the kingdom through his serving. All right, so um, uh, this is out of uh, the, the book of John, because it gives a little detail that the book of Luke left out that I think is really important. This is right at the end. This is right before he uh, he steps into uh, really the... Um, the story that will lead him to the cross and then the resurrection. Mm -hmm. And he really has these final moments with his followers. And here's what happens. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, wrapped a towel around his waist, and after that he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. So again, this is the meal. This is really where the Last Supper or communion was practiced. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were going over the, the Passover meal. And this would the have been... The first Last Supper. Yeah, good. Okay, yeah. And this really like was an amazing picture that he just showed. And what you'll see from Peter right after this is his response is like, what do you think you're doing? This is what slaves do. Yeah. Uh, this is what servants, this is what the lowest of the low do is to wash our feet because they're grimy. Yeah. I mean, it's real bad back then. Uh, my feet are pretty grimy because I wear sandals, but like I'm walking on paved streets. It would have been far yeah, nastier. aren't walked on by cattle all day. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Um, so he came to Simon Peter. So he's going around the table, if you can imagine that, and he's washing their feet. And, uh, and he came, comes to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you will never wash my feet. And Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you don't have a part with me. Um, in, in many ways, it's almost like unless you can humble yourself to, to allow me to serve you, uh, you're not understanding the kingdom. You're not understanding how things are going to be flipped on their head. Then, Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Man of extremes. (laughs) I love Peter. Okay. Um, When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've just done for you? He asked. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and your teacher, have washed your feet... You also should wash one another's feet. I've set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you'll be blessed if you do them. Yeah, and what we see in that is just, it's a perfect example of something that Jesus talks about you know, quite a bit in, in this idea of the first shall be last and the last shall be first in the kingdom. It's it's flipping, it's it's what we've t- been talking about these last few weeks. It's flipping the status quo on its head and saying, hey, what you think, uh, it's the opposite, mm-hmm. you know? And it's, so it's it's really just emphasizing this idea is that is the master serves the followers, right? It's not the other way around. And we see that, and we see that picture clearly in Jesus. Jesus is the one that is down on his knees in the act of service. This is God himself. Yeah. Yeah. Right? As we read in Philippians 2, and I love that passage in Philippians 2, that that being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something Mm -hmm. to be taken advantage of, but instead Mm -hmm. took the form of a servant. Like, that's 
just mind blowing. Yeah. Um, that God says, okay, I'm going to flip everything on its head and I will be the one who starts this. Yeah. Yeah. There's also this idea that uh, the members of the kingdom are meant to have their eyes set outward, not inward, that their attention is meant to be on the needs of others and not merely on the needs of, the, of themselves. Uh, that Jesus's actions toward us should prompt our actions toward others and we can emulate him by doing to others that which he has done to us. Um, so there's a, I've watched, washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet now. There's a go and do likewise to this, that yeah. we're meant to model ourselves after his behavior. And this is a key one, this attitude of service. Yeah. Um, also in the kingdom, greatness is defined by service, not by greatness in like a, a typical or stereotypical vision of greatness at that of authority or prominence or, you know, whatever, fill in the blank, um, you know, fame or any of that kind of stuff. None of those things are really what are associated with greatness in the kingdom. It is service that defines it. This that first shall be last kind of idea. Mm-hmm. So this no servant is greater than his master. And if if God incarnate is willing to place himself in this humble position of foot washer, um, what it essentially tells us is that there is nothing that is beneath us. There is no act of service that is... Um, that is too low for us. And I think we can carry that mentality into just about everything that we do. Uh, Us in ministry, anyone watching or listening in the ministry and work that they do, um, the way we serve our our families and spouses and stuff, we're meant to be pouring out the kind of love that Christ has poured in. And we have to remember, the king we follow defeated the ways of this world, not by like showing up with an AK-47 like Rambo. It was dying on a cross like when you're talking about a servant yeah like that is it that is how our king revolutionized this world Mm. Um, not taking out rome you know not not going to battle with caesar no it was dying like that's just a mind again a mind-blowing thing now with the broadness of that of the cross i think we have to sometimes it can feel so big and so broad and so apart from us so aspirational that we can't even get after it but Mm. I think what's interesting about this story is uh, there's such beauty in a guy that just got on hands and knees and washed some feet. Um, what was an everyday practice um, is that when we think about the kingdom, we have to remember that it's really lived out in the small and the ordinary, that we shouldn't think like, um, again, man, all right, I want to I wanna show the kingdom, and so what I'm going to go do is I'm going to become president and blah, blah, blah. No, like, hey, just start by like, you know, when you go to get a, a, a coffee, ask your coworkers, do you want a cup of coffee? Like, there's a way to serve people right there. It's a small yeah. and it's an ordinary thing, but it represents the kingdom. It's a part of this whole turning things on their head. For uh, for those of you who are bosses or CEOs or, or leading things, or you have a team under you, uh, think about how you can turn that on, on its head and say, how can I serve those of you that I am leading in some sense, right? That's yeah. that's how you represent Jesus <clears throat> in a mighty way. Totally. So, as we conclude uh, this this series, uh, like what what does this change for us as we think about the kingdom of God and we allow Jesus to become such a three dimensional character for us? I think it starts out by looking at our lives and saying, "How does my life proclaim the kingdom of God?" Or maybe how does my life challenge the kingdom of God? I, I perhaps am so caught up in the ways of this world that I'm actually challenging the ways mm. of the kingdom. 
by kind of establishing this top-down view, by um, holding to some levels of injustice in ourselves, um, how can we instead help or hinder this prayer that God has given us to say, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven? You know, am I taking part in this upside down way of treating others? Am I, uh, are my responses to other people showing Jesus' way or this world's way? Mm. You know, when somebody wounds me, do I wound them back? When mm. I, uh, when I'm hurt by a family, uh, family member or friend, do I hold on to it and hope to wound them back or go a different way? This is, uh, this is really the way that the rubber meets the road. Yeah. Are we a part of the kingdom or, or are we representing a different kingdom in our yeah. actions in our lives? Yeah. Yeah, and then um, as we look, as we talked about what the kingdom of God is, as we said, the kingdom of God um, is wherever God's reign is fully present, or it's wherever God is king. Um, so that can apply to our lives as well. So it's it's as we start to wrap up, it's asking yourself the question: Is there an area of my life, or what parts of my life need to be brought under God's reign? Um, how can I be more? Uh, creative or devoted in expressing God's reign in other parts of my life. So yeah. it's kind of doing a little self-assessment and just asking yourself, are there areas of my life that I've been holding on to? Are there areas of my life where I uh, where I focus more on maybe the way that the world sees things or the way that you know I want things to be done as opposed to uh, the way God has said things should be done? Yeah. Um, and especially as we wrap up this episode and talking about healing and provision and um, and service, um, start to look into those areas too. How how are you engaging in those yeah. in your life as well? Good. I think the greatest act of discipleship is uh, just bringing more and more of ourselves and handing it to the reign of God. Yeah. Like if you were to summarize discipleship, I think that's it. Saying what are all the, these aspects of life? And like, okay, God's not in charge here. Let me hand that over. Okay, yeah, God's not totally. in charge here. Let me hand that over. Yeah. You just touched on something important. <clears throat> each of us, in a sense, uh, is a, a realm unto ourselves. I mean, each, even within us, we, we talked a little bit in the previous episode about how um, there's the broader thing that God is doing, and then there's us and our personal transformation through that. But even if you get down, like if you crank up the magnification on the microscope a little bit more and look more closely at the individual, each of us consists of realms. Yes. Like we are within a realm and we contain realms. There are realms of thought, uh, realms of action, realms of habit. Relationships. Um, relationships, all kinds emotions. of aspects of our life. And within each of those realms, there are smaller realms. So there's the way I interact with my kids, the way I interact with my wife, the way yeah. I interact with my friends and coworkers and so on. And I think it's easy for us to say, I love Jesus and I want to follow him and all that stuff. Like it's easy to declare all that, but um, really it comes down to the way you behave and the way you think and the way you respond day in and day out yes. in the tiny, tiny little things. And it's actually... And it's when you begin to do that that you realize, dang, yeah. this is quite this is. a challenge. This is this is I've really been called to something substantial here. Yes. That is is it is it is a rigorous process. It is an arduous road that that God empowers us to do, but one that every time you flip over a stone, you realize, dang, there's a lot that's still left <laughs> to be dealt with. And I think that's why th there's no end in sight for the the road of discipleship. That's why. We're going to keep doing this show as long as we can because for each of us, that road is ongoing because there's always uh, there's always a territory left 
for the kingdom to conquer within us. Good words. Yeah, and I think it just a piece of encouragement on that is if it sounds daunting, you're like, wait, flip everything that the, you know that I'm t- upside down. Hmm. Like that sounds hard, or it sounds different. Is yes, it's hard in terms of the way of the world and how you've been worldly programmed to operate. But just remember. It's how God made you. God made you to operate in yes. this kingdom. Like that's how you were made. Yeah. You right. were made to be in perfect relationship with God. Mm-hmm. It's the it's it's sin that broke that. So it, so it's just it's having that encouragement and that reminder that you know I can do this because God is with me and that's how God made me. Yeah, yeah. and watch things come alive. Yeah, yeah. like that's what's so amazing. Uh, sometimes with discipleship, we're always looking forward, and sometimes there's something beautiful about looking back and saying, mm-hmm. "Look at what." thriving, blossoming goodness God brought when I flipped that stone over and now it's this living thing. Yeah. Like God took something cold and broken and and lost and brings life and light into it. You know, um, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing to sometimes look back and feel like, look how far we've come as we've followed Jesus. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. They feel like tiny incremental steps that you're taking that don't amount to much, but then one day you look back and go, dang. Yeah, we got somewhere here. Yeah. Uh, that takes us to the last one. The question here is, how can I show God's kingdom in small and ordinary ways today? So just finding ways to um, to actually become an expression of the kingdom of God, yeah. to actually show this kind of love. I, I think the root of what we've talked about today with healing, providing, and serving, giving is at the root of that. How can mm-hmm. you give? Uh, and I think what you'll find, uh, which we kind of touched on a second ago, there's this there's a, a scriptural cliche that it is more blessed to give than to receive. But when you begin to do these practices and when you begin to um, to seek to be an expression to the kingdom, an expression of the kingdom to others in small ways, I think you'll be surprised, uh, like Brandon said, how much life is breathed into the world around you and how much good that does. And the sense of, um, there's a sense of, and I don't do this right at all, uh, much of the time, but when it does come together, when I do make a decision that that puts me kind of in harmony with the kingdom of God, I f- you sense this interlocking with how things ought to be. You sense that you're in sync with what God ultimately made you for, and there is absolute. There's, it's impossible to describe or overstate the power of and the satisfaction that comes in feeling like you are in that moment at some deeper level, sinking yourself with the ultimate reality that God and his commands and his goodness represents. Um, so don't don't discount the importance of those tiny interactions because, you know, in a obscure spot in the Middle East, in a in a unremarkable room, Jesus knelt and washed the feet of a bunch of grody dudes. That is a small act, but it was incredibly powerful. And um we can learn from that. Absolutely. Let us talk doables as we wrap it up. First, as we've been saying all the way through this series, you ought to read the passages of Scripture that we've been covering. Um, specifically this week, go and read Luke chapters 9 through 20. It's a chunk. I get it. But you ought to do it. This will give you a good picture of this segment of Jesus' ministry and uh, leading up to his death, burial, and resurrection. So go and uh, read that good stuff. This will all make more sense. Uh, obviously, us talking about this stuff is great, but ultimately, we cannot compete with the uh, holy word of God. So make sure that you're going and yeah. uh, reading that stuff as we go. It's yeah. not just enough to hear some guys talking about it. Yeah, go meet Jesus there. Yeah. Go meet Jesus in a fresh way. Uh, 
right there with scripture. Yeah. And uh, don't think of it as, man, this is this duty I have to do. Just go look for Jesus uh, in, in these in these amazing pages and this amazing story, and you'll see, um, you know, and we talk about, hey, how do you see God's reign? Part of that is, as you study, to find out what does God's reign really look like. We've touched mm-hmm. on a few aspects of it, um, but, um, but that can be really shown when you know what that is. And I would say, um, as you study that more and more, another doable uh, is to show God's kingdom through one action uh, this week. To think through, all right, how, we, we've talked through, did I see a glimpse of the kingdom? We talked about that a little bit last week. But man, how can I uh, show God's kingdom in an action? Uh, so, hey, maybe serve someone in the world that is in need, or someone that the world would say you really shouldn't serve. You know, someone that maybe you are too important to talk to. Yeah. Go spend time talking to them, yeah. right? That That is a way you can show the kingdom. Just take a moment and ask somebody way down at the bottom rung of your organization and just sit down and spend 10 minutes and say, how's your day? What are you learning? Yeah. Um, you know, provide for somebody who's in need of something. Somebody yeah. who's hungry, whether again, relationally or spiritually or psychologically, provide something. You know, when it comes to the kingdom here, we have to remember what Jesus said so beautifully. Um, we get so caught up in all these little challenges uh, in this world, right? Like, what am I going to wear? Or, you know, what am I doing for my job? Or how much am I saving up? And all those things. And Jesus says so beautifully, he kind of summarizes the whole thing. He says, look, seek first the kingdom of God and, and his righteousness and all these other things, all these things that really cloud up all of our thoughts and our... Um, our schedules and our agendas, those things will be added yeah. to you. Seek first the kingdom. And, uh, you know, if you're thinking of a motto for how to live, I think that's the one, right? Yeah. Seek first the kingdom. So maybe, I don't know, Absolutely. turn that into a refrigerator magnet. <laughs> <laughs> Seek first the kingdom. Um, I got two doables. Ooh, I have another one too that just came to mind. Wow. But, but we might be mind-melding we here. Might, think it, all right, might. let's see. Um, all right, so first of the two is... Um, goes off of what Brandon was saying earlier about thinking backwards and kind of looking at your past. Um, take some time to actually think about a time in your life where you made this switch to a kingdom mindset, where you you know engaged in service, where you switched something up to a way that that was emulated by Christ. And, and think about how things changed. What was that change like for you? And I'd encourage you to write that down because that yeah. can be a part of your testimony. It can yeah. be something that that God might put you in a situation that you can share about that. Um, so I just I would encourage you to do that because it's a tool that God can use in the future yeah. when you have those stories thought out and written down. Right. Um, my second, which it might be our mind melt, I don't know yet, is... Um, Meld. Who can you share this series with? Nope. That okay, wasn't what whatever. I was well, my but I like yours. I, thank you. Um, th- th- this is the last episode of a three-part series on the kingdom of God. Who can you share this series with? Um, so I just encourage you to you know share either whether it's the podcast or or the YouTube show with somebody that you know and, and talk about it. Yeah. Honestly, this is too many things, but I'll throw one more. Uh, we talked today about healing, providing, and serving. Uh, Almost nothing that I can think of at Saddleback does that better than our peace centers. Preach. So if you uh, would like to get involved in one of our peace centers, whether it's at the food pantry or helping, you know, with administrative stuff in the uh, in medical clinics or you know stocking shelves, helping people in and out, greeting, all that kind of stuff, there are tons of jobs that can be done at the peace center on a volunteer basis, and you can help heal, provide, 
and uh, serve, s- provide for and serve people that show up from our community. A uh, few of our campuses have peace centers. So uh, I'll put a link in the show notes with information on more of that so you can begin to serve at a campus near you. Uh, I think, you know, for, for some of us, we just need like a concrete step. Um, like, okay, I want to be an expression of the kingdom, but I just need like a really, like, I just need an easy win on that. The peace, the peace center is the one. Yeah, make you sure want you connect to the, the kingdom. Go there. Yeah, the hungry, being fed. Boom. Totally. Yeah. Nailed it. All right, guys. Thanks for joining us today, Brandon. Absolutely. We'll have you again on real soon. On again, real soon. Jason, always lovely to do another show Good with you. Good to see you again. Doug. We made it through our first year. Let's high five. Brandon, good. You, get right. one. you get one too. I, I do like two episodes and I get a high five for the <laughs> yeah, one year. Yeah, you did. I'll take that, no problem. <laughs> Everybody, thanks for sticking with us Absolutely. through this first year or whatever portion of this first year you've been sticking with us. We're glad to have you as a part of the show with us. Uh, always feel free to reach out to us and tell us what you think of the show, how we can help you more in the future, questions that you've got, whatever the case may be. We love to hear from you. Uh, we hope that you'll stick with us just a little bit longer because we're going to keep plugging away. We love you. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. If you're a podcast listener and you enjoyed this episode, consider giving us a rating or a review on iTunes. If you do, you'll help other people find us in the future. And if you're thinking, hey, listening's great, but is there a way I can watch these episodes? Yeah, there is. Subscribe to the Saddleback Church YouTube channel for video versions of these conversations, plus lots of other video content. And if you're already watching us on YouTube, subscribe to the podcast so you can listen in the car or wherever else you go. Lastly, you can always get in touch with us by emailing maturity at saddleback.com. Send us your thoughts, send us your questions, your Bible questions, your life questions, whatever. Who knows? Your question just might inspire an upcoming episode. Thanks again for tuning into Doable Discipleship. I'm Doug Jones, and I hope you'll join us again next week.